0: All right. Should we record this Let's thing? Do it. Oh, I okay. suppose
1: we should. Let's talk. All right.
0: Let's rap, kids.
1: <laughs> I'm turning the chair kids. around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning the brim on my ball cap around. <laughs> I was going to say. I always think about Almost Famous, and he turns the chair around, and he's like, what do I love about music? Everything. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> he looks so cool, but so dorky. And that's Anne right now. What do I love about game shows? everything Everything. (laughs) all right all right We have a thin microphone, no whammies, and all of our lifelines. You know what that means. This week, we're talking game shows—the shows we loved, the hosts that gave us the creeps, and the games we knew we would dominate. Uh, from the Center Square Studios in Austin, Texas, I'm Hillary Livingston Butler, and this show has everything. Joining me to discuss everything from concentration to Regis's matching tie and shirt, I have the lady scientist. Hi, ladies. Um, From Rockapella Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota It's Anne Lundholm Hi Anne Hi Hillary I'm just realizing right now I'm not actually sure that I know what a whammy is To begin with <laughs> No whammy, no whammy, stop oh, Loved it from Please Answer in the Form of a Question Studios in Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith Van Harn. Hi, Meredith. Just call me Meredith Fiera today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have shit. Damn it. <laughs> I was going to put you from Vanna White Studios, but that like really didn't. That's like, more mm. of a me thing. That was like an idol that I had as a child. So
2: oh, it, you it wanted to really. be Vanna? Of course. To get a different gorgeous dress every night. (laughs) Every night? Oh, my God. I was just fascinated that she never seemed to change or age or do anything. Like, still. She still kind
0: of looks the same. The thing I can't figure out is, does does anything actually happen when she goes
1: over? Does she, like, press a button and it
0: changes? She just gestures and someone in the control
1: room (laughs) lights it up, right? I think so. And, like... Her job
2: used to be a little bit more labor intensive. She, she had to, to... Have to actually turn the thing. <laughs> maybe now, she pushes a button. I don't really know. Like like know. down on the bottom
0: corner the or corner. something, there's a discreet mm-hmm. little button that turns the light bulb on. I mean, that's the best case scenario for Vanna. But it looks like point. she
2: just waves her hand over it, but, but she's such a pro <laughs> mm-hmm. that maybe she is pushing a button and we can't tell.
0: Oh, I well, who knows? We'll, I mean, we'll that's just... the that's the life. What does it take <laughs> yeah. to tape and uh, tape? Rec- maybe they do use tape still. I don't and... know. Record <laughs> an episode of Wheel of Fortune 35 minutes, do you suppose? And they
1: can do 20 <laughs> in a day if they push it? I bet they do probably like five in a day. And like,
2: yeah. You work like, one
1: yeah. month a year. <laughs>
2: I want Vanda and White she's set still. for life. Like, Why totally. is she still
1: there? I don't know. That's the greatest question of them all. Yeah. But also, we're going to do some small talk. Mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> Medium talk. Tishy recommends and how you can get involved with the show. Um, and do you want to take us into small talk? I
0: suppose. Sure we were right, so right. excited to get right into game show talk. <laughs>
1: <I know. laughs>
0: we literally could not wait 10 minutes. But yes, let's do some small talk. I want to start with the Jam Tracker update. Jam Tracker, Jam Tracker. That's for you, Mike, up there or down there, wherever you are.
1: In the middle somewhere, probably. Yeah.
0: One of our longtime listeners, Sandy Burnett, came up with a generous uh, donation to the Jam Fund. thank you Uh, sandy that was so lovely and so uh, generous of you and with bobby being in la for you know this hot minute 36 hours or 48 hours or however long he's there before he jets back to his fabulous life of pressing the flesh and getting the big donations he could get into some trouble
1: yeah. It could be like a Hugh Grant
0: situation, you know? Like <gasps> <laughs> sorry, used to Bobby. Come out and charmingly apologize on some late night talk yes. show. Would he do yes. it on the tonight show still? I think Jimmy uh, Fallon would probably be the easiest person to do a
1: me couple with. Totally. He'd just like giggle the whole time mm-hmm. and Yeah. Jimmy Fallon is
0: always on the celebrity side. Yes. (laughs) Always. Never not.
1: He was even on freaking Donald Trump's side. So, yes. (sighs) Yeah. I know. Yeah. But you know what? That was one that really hurt him. (laughs) Yes, it
0: did. It
2: really did. People did
1: not
0: appreciate that. But anyway, Sandy, when we have to pay the bail bondsman to spring Bobby from the clink from downtown L.A. <laughs> you can know that you were the one that made that possible. Yes, <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. And then this other thing on the small talk, I'm assuming that this is Hillary. This seems like a Hillary thing. I find this a very dubious claim that you're making here.
2: Yeah, I'm dying to know what this is about. OK, so I
1: wrote the most perfect podcast episode that has ever happened. Hmm. And this is really specifically for me. So I just, I was, Dave looked at me and he was like, I've never seen you happier. And I really was like (laughs) glowing. I mean, even with the birth of my children, marrying him, I was the most happy, happy listening to this had Oscar buzz, which is a podcast I've talked about that I love. And they were doing, actually, they had been doing the episodes about entertainment weekly, like what was on the cover of entertainment weekly for these various, you know, um, Issues and kind of plucking some out that they wanted to discuss that had maybe some Oscar buzz. If you say the Pelican Brief right now, I'm hanging up this call. (laughs) It was the motherfucking
0: Pelican Brief.
1: (laughs) 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 It was so great. I was smiling ear to ear. But also, so it's usually just the two of them. These two guys, Chris File and Joe Reed, and they usually are talking. And they're great occasionally they'll have a guest. This time they had a guest. And it was Bobby Finger, who's the host of Who Weekly. So it was like all of my like pleasure buttons were being hit on Ugh. this and i was i know i'm sorry that was really gross okay. um it was like two and a half hours long i'm smiling the whole time bobby is like me bobby finger is like me he loves the pelican brief has what seen a it name. so many times he and they highlight all of the things that i love about it and also think are like hilarious about it where i, th- I can't remember who the composer or of the um, score is, but they were like his basic gist is pushing a piano down the stairs. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just so. It was just listening to people love the Pelican Brief as much as I love the Pelican <laughs> Brief. Like, have I listened to it twice? Yes, I have. This this episode was two and a half hours long, and I have listened to it twice, and just each time adored it. Anyway. If anybody, <laughs> I just had to. It was very Hillary. It was like a very Hillary moment, and I knew it was happening. Like I thought it was happening two weeks ago, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And it wasn't that one. It was like whatever, something else. I can't remember what what movie it was. And then, and then it happened, and I was like, it's here. I'm so excited. Anyway. That that was that was Hillary in a nutshell. If you ever want to listen to it, it was a very Hillary centric.
0: I did not know that there were other people who cared about the Pelican priest <laughs> as much <laughs> as you <laughs> do.
1: Oh, there are. There.
0: Why there. were
2: they talking? I mean, why though? It's not think- like it's. It was Oscar buzz for this well,
1: year. <laughs> I mean, it, no, they talk about movies that had Oscar buzz like in the year that it came out. So, okay. like, they, I think, and when they say Oscar buzz, it is very loosely Oscar buzz. Um, you know, Denzel times, was in it. He could yeah, like get Denzel, an Oscar. Uh, Denzel, and, and, you know, they were talking about how huge. Um, what's his name? Who's the author? Why am I forgetting his name? Grisham. Uh, Grisham was. Like, he was just everywhere for yeah. it. I mean, and in fact, um, Holly Hunter was nominated for the firm. So it was like, Oh, this is like a thing. And I think the next year, Susan Sarander, maybe two years later was nominated for best actress for the client. So it's Mm -hmm. like, there was some sort of like minor precedence of people getting nominated and it's Julia and it's Denzel and you know, there's, they're kind of, it's sort of a big deal. But anyway, it it was so good. It was so good. I have a clip of Bobby going. I'm just so happy you're talking about this. I love this movie so much. I he the, and he's like heartfelt about it, and I was like, I feel the same way. The,
0: Pelican Brief was kind of early on in the run of Grisham adaptations, right? Did, yes. The firm was the first one.
1: Yeah, the firm All was right? the first one. Second one was Pelican Brief. Yeah, that's what I, I thought.
0: Then you have and like, then the client. By the time you got to the Rainmaker,
1: yeah, I think people were like, yeah but it, weirdly, I think The Rainmaker was directed by like somebody big. It was like, um, who directed The Godfather? Um, it was it, Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah, it was like Coppola or something. Like it was, they actually weirdly got um, big directors. Actually, this is, <laughs> Dave disagrees with me on this. Okay, I'm going to lay this out really quickly and I'm going to embarrass myself. And my mom also disagrees with me, but I'm going to lay this out. Okay, Alan Pecula. I can never pronounce his name. He directed The Pelican Brief. He also directed All the President's Men. Like he and like The Parallax View and all these sort of 70s, you know, thrillers, like the government's trying to get you kind of things. Okay, so he is this famous director. I I always say I'm kind of related to him. And my mom is like, no, we're not related to him. I'm like, I'm kind of related to him. So my dad's uncle, so my great uncle's, Was married to this woman named Myra. Myra's sister was married to <laughs> Alan mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm kind of related to him. And my mom's like, You're absolutely not related to him. Like, not even in any way possible. Anyway. And Dave also agrees with my mom. So um anyway, that was my my lovely five hours spent with this podcast cumulatively.
2: <laughs>
1: Will you listen to it again? I mean, I'm not going to say no. There are episodes of Blank Check that I've listened to like four times because they're just... You know, it's almost like a comfort... It's like the Pelican Brief. You know, it's like a comfort podcast that it's not even that I'm so interested in the movie. There's an episode of Blank Check that is about um, like a a weird, like tiny movie that was just like a, a director, a master builder with Wallace Shawn. Like this is not... Uh, you know like a cinematic masterpiece but the episode is john hodgman is the guest mm. and it's just one of those episodes that's just so fucking funny and i will like if i'm in a bad mood i'll listen to it and puts me in a good mood so listen i maybe. i
0: have to say i will listen to the episode of Ma Bim Bam where they work the red carpet for welcome to margarita the <laughs> oh, <Vilda> musical <laughs> yes. again and again because yes. it is rough. so funny
1: yes <laughs> And when there's just, like, joy, and it's funny, and everybody's having a good time. I don't know. Or things.
0: having a meltdown, as the yeah. case may be.
2: <laughs> An
1: embarrassment meltdown. Yeah. <sighs> oh, right. I forgot, because they're trying to, like, identify people. I feel like I've listened to that one. It was funny.
2: It's many... so palpable that they want to, like, run and hide. Yes. Yep. <laughs> they're awkward at this. Yes. And they
0: don't know any of the Broadway stars, but they're supposed yes. to interview them <laughs> on the red carpet. <laughs>
1: I listened to and this was sort of your suggestion, and I started listening to the juice, um, not to get into podcast talk, and there was the one with um with the, one of the McElroys who it was Justin. With Justin, yeah. And it was delightful. Yep. I was having such a good yep. time with it. I was like, oh, I haven't listened to my baby in forever and I was like, I forgot how much I love Justin. Travis kind of irritates me, so I think he like puts me off sometimes, but Justin yeah. is
2: lovely. Travis yes. has a strong flavor. I would say. Yes. Yes. Yeah, his flavor is, like, irritation. Yeah, he's the licorice of (laughs) podcasts. Well, and they have a whole shtick, and I hope it's a shtick, where they're just like, uh, you suck, dude. Shut up. They're like, eh, you Eh, can go. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: before this um, descends too far into the podcast rabbit hole, should we go to the mailbag?
1: Yes, please. Um, We got some regular mail from the lovely Amanda, and this is regarding our car show. She said, I had to write in on this. I am a survivor of so many shitty cars over the years. My first car was a 1980 Buick Skylark. I
2: think
1: mm. My brothers and sisters had one of those. I took my driving test in it, and the instructor asked me to demonstrate using the emergency brake. I pushed the brake pedal a little too easily, and the guy said, does that thing even work? I assured him it worked. Of course, spoiler alert, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> my next car was a 1983 Honda Accord parenthetically in 1996 at one point hey listen those things last forever it's like a yeah. toyota they last infinity um at one point when it rained the back seat floorboards would fill up with water and i had to dry it with towels in the car <laughs> it was so humid the wind windshield was constantly steamed up and i had to wipe the windshield down oh. from the inside as i drove oh. Amanda, oh, <laughs> oh god Uh, around 2001, I upgraded to a used minivan. I drove that for years when my kids were little. We eventually turned it in to the Cash for Clunkers program in 2008. My in-laws bought a new car and they gave me their old Honda Pilot. It's over 20 years old now and my son is still driving it. A few years ago, I finally got a brand-new Subaru. Ooh, she's in your club, yeah. Meredith. My first non-shitty car ever. I was so happy to finally have a grown-up car at the age of almost 50. Thanks for the show. It's extremely relatable. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, fighting the good fight
0: on the used cars. Man really? alive. And a Subaru will last you forever. Probably for
1: the rest of your life. Yeah. I do I remember... Like, trying to figure out, there is, I mean, at least in the Toyotas that I have owned, there is a complex negotiation when your car starts to get, like, it's sort of humid out or it's, like, it's just fogging up your car. Especially when I first started driving, I didn't know how to deal with it. Like, I was like, why, there's nothing, I'm putting the defogger on. But in my car, not as much in the the newer ones, but in my old Tracell, it was like, you had to have the air conditioning on. Mm Mm-hmm. But also kind of like the heat turned up a little bit and the defogger on, and I was like, "How did?" And I remember wiping it from the inside, and that does not work. No. Like it does it, no, no, no. It, does, <laughs> no.
2: it just not like smears term. it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I can't see. And
0: then
1: you have hand grease on the inside of the windshield. <laughs> it's so gross, God. Ugh. Um, On to the question of the week responses. Um, What rules apply? What traffic rules apply to you Um, or don't apply to you and apply to everybody else? Jean says, I'm tall enough to sit in the front seat. <laughs> are you, Jean? Are you?
2: <laughs> Is that a law?
1: <laughs> you know what we used to call? Um, I'm Jane. I'm not calling you an old lady, but what we used to call old lady, like little old lady drivers. We used to call them headless drivers because you just like you don't see their ends. Yeah. Um, Gregory says, "I feel like I'm the only person who tries to turn into the first available lane and merge one lane at a time to the point where I'm almost convinced that I might have read the law wrong." Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Nobody
1: I, does.
0: I'm, I, I follow that law. I do.
2: I do too. Well, I try to. I, I definitely I feel try like- to. I wasn't taught that. Like, I remember in my driving test, my road test, they were like, okay, first legal lane. And I was like, I have literally no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So I had to kind of learn that on my own because I was like, that's an interesting concept and it makes a lot of sense. And we should all do that. But yes. no one taught it to me. <laughs>
0: I always get so nervous when it's two lanes turning oh, into two lanes. Yes. yeah. That the person next to you is just going to free freestyle and think they get to pick whichever lane oh, they, they want. they usually
2: do.
1: And I'm like, I'm right here. There's one... Um, part where I have to do that to but like, I'm always a strategic driver where I'm like, I know I have to be in this lane because I'm going to have to turn right like in half a mile. So yep. I just need to stick in this lane. But if the traffic's really bad on the other one, I will go into the inner lane and then I'm just like, I, I'm never going to turn into the far right lane, but I'm going to fucking gun it and
2: I'm going to beat you. So then I can tra- <laughs> then I can change lanes. Really Which is much safer. I think we yeah, can all agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great when you know, like it's your route and you've done it a bunch of times and you know what lane you need to be in at what time but like yes. not everybody does and so mm-hmm. i try to give people grace but it's very frustrating when people are like cutting you off and yes and yep. yeah um Anne says all
1: apply to me and to everyone else i'm told this makes me a suboptimal passenger <laughs> this
3: is not
0: me by the way this is no. Ann minor
1: i guess all <laughs> Anns are law-abiding citizens yes Oh, my God. It made me laugh. I was like, oh, and you would be so annoyed with me because I cut corners a lot. Um, Jennifer says not passing on the right. This used to apply to me when I lived in New York and driving made sense. But now I live in the Seattle area where I have seen VW vans in the far left hand lane. Insanity. I actually hate passing on the right and being passed on the right. But it's the norm here. That's crazy. I cannot believe how
2: slow Seattle drivers are.
0: If someone's going to park in the left lane, I'm going to pass them on the right
2: that's just the way it is yes yeah Yeah.
0: my preference is to pass on the left but if you're gonna go 55 on the highway in a 55 in the left lane i'm gonna pass you on the right
2: yeah
1: my dad i mean i did like kind of rail him for being a bad driver but he was really good about because we went on a lot of road trips like my sister and brother lived in louisiana so we went on a lot of car trips to Louisiana because it was just easier to drive there. And I remember him saying like, you are never park it in the left lane. Even if you're going fast, like stay in the right lane as much as possible because the left lane is for passing. Yeah. And I was like, it's true. I've seen a certain other person in my house kind of tootle along in the left <laughs> lane. I'm like, this is embarrassing. It's infuriating.
0: And frankly, it's a safety thing because you never yes. know when some asshole is going to roar up doing 85 and I'd exactly. rather them have a clear shot and yep. trying to weave around the lanes.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. I got we. spooked one time because when I was learning to drive, I was on the highway in my 1988 Subaru wagon and a cop was behind me and I did not realize that I was doing that exact thing and they flashed their lights at me and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm going to jail. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the, here goes my life of crime. <laughs> <laughs> and I never did it again. God, the,
1: a couple, I haven't gotten pulled over in a really long time. Knock on wood, Jesus Christ. But um, the heart attack you get when you see the sirens behind you and you're like, oh, my God, is that for me? And uh-huh. then it's they're just
2: passing you. Oh, Songs that. with um, sirens in them should be outlawed. Because, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. scares me every single time. Every single time.
0: I don't know if I am confessing this or proudly proclaiming this, but I've never gotten pulled over. And I've really? never gotten a parking ticket or any kind of citation, cita- driving citation at all. Like, my record yeah. is perfect. And let me tell you what, it's not because I'm a pokey driver. I used to, you know, be a, have a heavier foot on the pedal than I do now, but I just, I guess I never sped in the places where
1: you were going to pay for it. Well, that's good. That's that's smart. No, it is good. The, the I got... The last one that we got, I did not get it. Dave and I were driving back from visiting. We were doing a really long car trip, and we had a sleeping Rory. This is how long ago? goes. We had, like, a sleeping baby Rory in the back. Um, he was, like, eight months old. Bridget's, in, you know, playing or whatever. And we were going through back roads of Texas because I was like, I don't want to go on the highway. Let's just go on the back road. And we just got stuck in a... Speed trap. Mm. And I remember, I mean, he wasn't going that fast. Like maybe it was a 45 and he was going 55 or something like that. We got pulled over and I was like, we seriously have a sleeping baby right now. Like, are you really going to give us a ticket? And he really did give us a ticket. Gerald (laughs) uh, Jewett, Texas, which I'm like, it sounds like a slur. Why are we here? I was so mad. Um, but you know, not since then, but knock on wood as our, superstitions go um and then finally amanda says again i'm pretty much a law-abiding driver but i do sneaky looks at my phone eyeballs emoji usually the map up or looking up an address since my car doesn't have a navigation system i tried to only do it at red lights though that I hardly will... seems like a law no yeah that's red lights yeah if you're paused it's fine i did yeah. god today i for some reason was just looking around today when I was driving home from work and I saw so many people just full on <laughs> on their phones like just fully in their hand on their phones and I'm like I'm surprised that there's not more wrecks I think about yeah. that a lot I, it's like I guess that we've gotten better at I don't know multitasking but I I mean this person if somebody broke fast in front of her she would have just nailed into him
2: I don't know yeah, I, it, it, I see it all the time. And it's it's like sometimes I will see like bit, like cement trucks driving. and <laughs> It's like, oh, this is really not. It's going to be bad. It's going to drop a back a little bit here. <laughs> but a lot of times like at red lights, people, everybody, there's no horns because everybody is looking at their phone. So like <laughs> yeah. the light turns and nobody notices.
1: <laughs> oh, we're a good society, right? Yeah, we are. Um, all right. Well, thanks for that was fun. Um, I as always, thank you for participating. Mm-hmm. On to medium talk mm, wait, okay. Don't forget Ted's uh voice memo. Oh, oh shit. Sorry. Sorry, Ted. D-d-d-d-d, as Bobby <laughs> says, um, here is your voicemail right now.
3: Hey kids, it's Ted from Chicago. Wow. Just listen to the uh replay of the episode with Mike. <laughs> oh man, I am I miss listening to him talk. That was a that was a great episode. Oh man, jeez. Anyways, um, boy, what would it be like if that that conversation that uh, you overheard with Mike and Big Country have a recording of that thing? Wouldn't that be just freaking interesting? Oh ah, well. Anyways, uh, a couple things that I thought of while listening to that was. Uh, Uh, The episode of falling asleep in the car, um, I did that once in college, driving back from the university back home on the interstate. And there was like, you know, it's a typical interstate with a big grass median, you know, in the middle. And I fell asleep and went off the left edge at 65, whatever the speed limit was back then, and uh, woke up somewhere in the grass in the middle, and the car just kind of turned around. So that was on... You know, I did a 180, and I was in the other lanes, you know, on the, sh- on the left shoulder, on the opposite lanes, facing the right way. So I was now awake, and I just accelerated and pulled into traffic, went back to the last exit, turned around, and continued on my way. <laughs> oh, man. God, it's so stupid. 16 to 24 for guys is the idiot years, pretty much. So, I certainly had plenty of them. Um, one other thing that was interesting: the farthest, the Voyager document documentary, documentary, the Voyager documentary. That's really, really good and an awesome show. Um, so, on the normal streaming services, you got to rent it for a couple of bucks, which is wrong. But you go to your local library. Uh, if you got Libby, you probably got Hoopla. And you can just borrow it on Hoopla and watch it. It's great. There's a bunch of good movies there. I mean, not the newest shit, but I mean, like short-term 12. You know, one of Brie Larson's first big movies. It's really great. Foils War, Miss Fisher, Detective Mysteries. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff on, on Hoopla. Um, And we're coming up on the 45th anniversary of the Voyager 2 launch, Um, August 20. 45 years. It's like 400,000 hours of uptime on that computer. It's amazing. Um, and then the last note, of course, um, that I have been, uh, that I have just missed my last couple of, uh, voicemails to you guys, uh, fuck Amazon, seriously, fuck them. Okay, we'll talk later. Bye-bye.
1: Yeah, Ted, fuck Amazon. (laughs) Yes. I mean, even though today I got approximately like three Amazon packages that I was I was in like a bad mood the other day, and I just like had to have a little serotonin boost, and I was
2: like, <laughs> self self soothing. <laughs> yes, it happens.
1: I know, and the thing is, when it comes, I'm not even that excited. Like I'm, it was stuff I needed. It wasn't just like I throw it like just buying stuff on a whim. It wasn't like a but, fanny pack. No, no. Though God, I. Listen, that fanny pack has served me well, but no, it was a cardigan because it's cold in my office, and I was wearing a dress where you could see my bra straps, so I needed a little cardigan. And I could not—I actually went to Target and Old Navy. Could there was nary a cardigan to be found. So I had to order. <laughs> I had to order it on Old Navy. It's not really cardigan season. No, it's not. It, but like, I feel like Old Navy used to always just have cardigans. Like it was just like a staple, like a t-shirt. There were just cardigans Maybe
3: there. Not cool.
2: Well, you're the cool aunt. No, I I'm. They're I, probably I don't,
1: not cool. I don't <laughs> want to tell you what's cool. <laughs> they're probably not cool, but they're. Um, unfortunately, there are there are plenty of uh, cardigans at um on Amazon.com. So. <laughs> I don't know. You know, fuck Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um uh, totally off the subject, but I feel like Elon is really rising as my like most hated um mm. CEO lately.
2: So, Bezos is getting bumped on the list. Yeah. Enough. Which billionaire do you hate the most? He's an easy one to hate. <sighs> I hate him.
1: Yeah, cuz he's a troll. Yeah. He's a human he, troll. He is. And I just my my mom, I will attribute it to this. She's like, "Okay, so he's From South Africa, his parents were like diamond miners and then they lived in Germany. So she's like, he hates black people and Jews. (laughs) Maybe. Ding,
2: ding, ding,
0: ding. He just delights in upsetting other people. And I I know that's the definition of a troll. Yep. Yeah. If if you accidentally hurt somebody else's feelings or you just don't care and you hurt somebody else's feelings, that's one thing. But when you're deliberately trying to upset people, it's just, what's the point? What are you getting out of it? Anyway. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention from Ted's voice memo is that driving story of falling asleep at the wheel and like driving across the media. And holy cow, isn't that everybody's nightmare? I've had that feeling where you're just struggling to stay awake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: God, that feeling of you're like, you sort of trick yourself and you say, I'm just going to close my eyes for like one second and it's fine. And then it's like, don't do it. No, Mm -hmm. don't. I used to have terrible problems when I worked retail
0: because I was so physically exhausted at the end of that day. And then I had a 45 minute to an hour commute home and it was a
1: struggle the whole way. Oh, you're just like ex- bone exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like I just want, I just want to go to sleep, and you don't want to pull over on the side of the road because you're like, well, no. That's I mean, creepy. When you're driving through like city traffic, there's just no place
0: on the highway that you can yeah. pull over yeah. if it's an emergency. I mean, I guess... I would the- always
2: just, like, roll down the window, turn yes. the music on, and, like, slap myself in the yes. face sometimes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so just- but I've never been so tired where I'm, like, I'll just shut my eyes. Like, that yeah. seems like oh. just asking to die. <laughs>
1: back in the day, you know what I would do? My When I would drive back and forth from college, it was, like, a sick... Well, it really was a seven-hour trip, but I would make it six. Um, I would just... Chain smoke, basically, and I'm like, this will keep me awake because I—I mean, I guess people have fallen asleep with lit cigarettes, but I tried not uh, to. I yeah, sure
2: have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's many a fire, to, to, to.
2: but it, it usually
1: kept me a little bit engaged. But God, yeah, yeah. It's
2: something to do. Yeah. yeah, you need to like listen to something to engage your brain, and then have mm. some sort of uncomfortable physical situation. Yes. <laughs> like it's 20 degrees. I'm going to open the window. <laughs> I'm
1: cold. Yeah, help me.
2: Anyway, thanks, Ted.
1: We're glad I you're still your voice alive. Smells- yeah. yeah. We're serious. Oh God. Um, all right. Well, moving on to uh I, I'm trying to think. I was trying to think of like some fun announcing things like um, you know, come on down. <laughs> 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 we're the next contestant on game shows. No, we we were talking this week on our jamboree, like, oh, what should we talk about? You know, just tossing things around. And somebody just said game shows, and it's like I mean that was just a springboard onto yeah I can talk about, I can talk about game shows yeah totally I can talk about game shows and and we weren't even like well what
0: are we gonna say about game shows we were just like game shows done game shows and I yep. had Meredith you're gonna laugh at me but I had the thought well maybe this is gonna be a short show and then I <laughs> opened up the run <laughs> sheet and I looked at all the game shows we have listed on here and I was like oh no this is not gonna be
2: a quick you know, show I
1: know and not with the exception of like jeopardy basically like none of them really are overlapping there are a lot of game shows and I like kind of forgot how many game shows there were when we were kids yep yeah so we and lovingly broke it down into a couple categories childhood faves adulthood which I think really means I was thinking about it like anything over 18 I guess that you were really like caught into yeah. and then now and, it, you know. and it's
0: almost like the adulthood ones are a little bit more of the prime time. almost yes. Like the yes. ones that played on and weekday mornings. Yep. Um, those were the ones you watched when you were a kid.
1: Yes. Yes. When you were homesick or Christmas vacation. Yep. Yeah. You oh. could convince your mother to let you watch TV. <laughs> I had no. I Listen, we grew up. This is how we know we grew up in different families. Because my mom was like, great. TV's going to babysit you. <laughs> Goodbye. The thing is, my
0: mom will testify. She's got to hear this. And she, she will testify... That she was very strict about TV. And so I don't understand sometimes how I have all this knowledge of television and how I watch so much television.
2: Somehow you sussed it, it out. It absorbed in. the the little you were allowed to watch.
0: Yep, the osmosis. And I think I just I was one of those kids that like read the T V guide and read yes. all the articles yeah. and saw little bits of things so i guess like it's all it's all in there for me yeah. even if i, I didn't... think i'm in the
2: same boat i wasn't really allowed to watch much tv at all and most of my game show watching was when i was homesick yeah. yeah but somehow it's embedded in there as part of yeah. like the bedrock of
0: your being are mm-hmm. those game shows
1: well, you know, I was thinking about it, I mean, not to to refer back to our old um, compatriots. Uh, Luke Burbank, you know, was pretty raised, like, really religious and wasn't allowed to watch a lot of things. Yet he, like, has some knowledge of stuff. So yep. it's like, um, yeah, via osmosis, somehow you kind of absorb it and are able to watch it somehow. I mean, it's hard to be a part of society and not absorb
0: that stuff. I think even w- with the example of Luke being in a very conservative Christian family and going to Christian schools and kind of being segregated a little bit you 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 can't close your children out of the secular world no matter how hard you try that's just yeah. not how
1: our world works anymore well, and also there was so much more when we were growing up, so much more of a monoculture mm-hmm. um, that it was mm-hmm. like everybody's watching something and you kind of just know about it because it seeps in. Yeah. Yep. Like you're saying. There's only three
0: channels. There's yeah. ABC, CBS and NBC. You're yeah. to watch one. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's talk about some of our childhood phase, the things that we did somehow get to watch. Um, and why don't you go first?
0: Well, let's... Uh, Let's give a hat tip to Bobby He yes. did mention this in, in the Jambo Call The other night it Reminded us not to forget it And I don't know if I would have remembered Because this is a game show specifically for kids And I think we don't have A lot of kid of Specifically kid shows Like there were all those Nickelodeon game shows I was going to say I
1: put Double Dare Because I did um, watch Double Dare see,
0: We didn't have cable So yeah. now that's something that is completely Like I had no access to that But Let's talk about where in the world is, is Carmen, Carmen San Diego, San Diego. <laughs> the beloved <laughs> PBS kids game show so based good. on the Broderbund yes <laughs> video game <laughs> question mark? Uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And I was just, I think, just slightly too old. I was maybe like. Thirteen, yeah, yeah. When it was on, but you know, I have two younger brothers, and so, so Matt was gotta three, watch it and Carl was eight, and we kind of watched it, and that was a really fun show. To say nothing of the catchy ditties from yes. Rockapella, do it Rockapella.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it so much, and I like would strategize. I would be so, you know, the very end, like whoever was the final contestant, when they had to run around the map. the, ma- the Yep,
0: the big floor map and find – it was countries, right? They yes. had to identif- identify countries. And every time the um, continent was Africa, you were like, oh, you poor shit son of a bitch. <laughs> I, <know.
1: laughs> I knew I could slay South America because I canonically know all the capitals well, of South America. there's only 14 countries in South America. <laughs> I yeah. know. Like- Africa has 55 countries in it. <laughs> So hard, it's so hard, I mean, I guess they just all memorize it, but you know they're like little kids they're ten or something oh. God. yeah, that was, good. was good, that show. was
0: really, really a fun show um you know it, like small, but there was enough of a, a, a i don't know fictional element, like characters, and the premise was just fun enough and um, what was her name? Le- At- Lynn Thigpen as yes. the
1: chief. She was yes. so awesome. So awesome. And like, is she just like, is she, I like, I'll see her and stuff now. And you're like, yes, she is the boss that she's the boss. Absolutely. I gotta follow her. Yeah.
0: And we all learned our geometry, geometry, our geography from that <laughs> show.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it really did help me with geography. Like, Orienting myself in the different continents. And I mean, I've told the time that I had a fight with um, a mom when I was a, like a young, well, not, I wasn't young, but when I was, when Bridget was young, and a mom told me that Europe wasn't a continent. And I was like, <laughs> mm, it is. And also, <laughs> you should have learned that from school and Carmen San Diego So go away. Um, I don't know how yeah. I
2: missed this as a show. Maybe I was, I don't know. I don't really understand how. I ha- did not realize this was a show. I knew it as a video game.
0: Were you just not a PBS household, Mary?
2: I was absolutely a PBS. Oh, that's that's like, all what we I were figured. allowed to watch.
0: How could you possibly have I let this know. slip by you? I don't know. It was very fun. And the host guy was, I don't know, he was named Greg. And he was, like, very fun and approachable. And it was a great kids game show.
1: It was. And, it, and like, I do have Double Dare on my thing. But Double Dare... Like I watched it because I watched what was on Nickelodeon or whatever. But Double Dare had the like element of grossness that Mm -hmm. never uh, the Nickelodeon slime kind of stuff and like pulling something from a nose like that was never gross appealing to me. Mm -hmm. I would never take the physical challenge. I'm like, no, I would rather answer questions. Thanks. Um, well, we I, all have to play to our strengths. <laughs> exactly. We're I know what gonna. mine are. <laughs> yeah, it's not the physical challenge. But I it's not that's nose why, based. <laughs> no. And that's why I did always like it. Like, Carmen San Diego had a little bit of the like, this is for kids kind of deal. So it's, you know, a little bit brighter and a little bit more fun. But without the the grossness factor of it. So I remember finding it and thinking, Oh, this is fun. This is actually what I like answering geography questions. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah.
0: And I, I will also say that, um, one of those years that Carmen San Diego was on the, the air, uh Santa did bring me the Carbon San Diego music C D in my stocking. <laughs> which is not all Rockapella, it's some Rockapella, but then they've got like the pers- the persuasions are on there. Like doing some good old doo-wop and some world music and stuff. It's a surprisingly decent C D
1: <laughs> I love that they had the budget to put a soundtrack together. That's
0: fantastic. Yep. It's oh. it's funny because I'm a sort of a casual fan of rockapella, but they were never a kids band aside from the cheesy name. Um, but they were a, a adult group who sang adult songs about adult themes. But they needed a gig, and they got a yeah. gig on this game show and that you know they've had to live with that decision <laughs> you know for the pluses and the minuses for yeah
1: you know the last 30 35 years god i wonder if you can like i'm sure they're on youtube because i'd almost want to watch them and see if i could answer the questions now i'm kind of out of the geography game as intensely yeah, i'm i'm quite sure <laughs> I think the bigger thing is that world geography may have changed in the oh, last 30
0: years. Totally. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's no more. Yeah. I remember in 1991, my social studies class, like, they, the um, books were all out of date because they still said, like, well, they still said USSR, and yep. I think a couple of them still said, like, East Germany, West Germany. I think mine did, too, yeah. Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no like Georgia that was like not a country. Yep, Azerbaijan. Oh, so fun. Um, Meredith or do and do you want to just keep going with your um, childhood? Oh, I faves? suppose so. Yeah. So- yeah. I mean, let's talk
0: about Family Feud. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. Because that's yeah. such a big one. I don't know if that means we'll say a lot about it or a little about it. But I truly loved Family Feud with all my heart. And I had this fantasy that my family would be on Family <laughs> Feud because I'd be watching it on a you know random summer Wednesday morning. And my mom would be like walking through the family room and she would just toss off an answer. And it was always the top answer on the board and I was like my family would be so good at this and I spent all this time trying to put together a lineup because obviously my brother's too young but me and my mom and my dad and then like my aunt Joan and one of my stepsisters like I had this all worked out where we would be on Family Feud and the thing about Family Feud that, that always gets me so They'll be like top six answers on the board, right? But the the premise is we asked a hundred people. So the trick <laughs> is not to come up with the best answer, but to figure out what other people are going yeah. to say. Yeah, which yeah. may not be on my radar at all, which is what makes it hard. But I I am a fan of I would say the earlier
1: yeah. family. I was going to ask who's your like? Is it like Richard Dawson or um? What was the little guy who is? Uh, What's his name? I don't know. There was a little blonde man that was on it. He was also in the movie Overboard.
0: Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I am very fond of uh, Al from Home Improvement. Oh, right. I forgot he had a stint. (laughs) But I don't. I, I mean, I Steve Harvey is like doing his thing, but it's not a thing for me. I will say it's a little too brash. Yes, for me, like
1: my he always just likes to make it really horny and like he wants to be like, what did you say? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's like, like if you are on that vibe, I can can see how he's like a good host. He's just like you said, not for me. But I can be like, okay, he's he's entertaining
0: for the internet era when you're going to have clips, and so forth, show up on YouTube and all of that. He's he's great. But I did, and I love it in the old days when they introduced families at the um, top of the show, you know, they had those big panels that had like the family names that were sort of in a cross-stitch looking <laughs> yes, pattern. Yes. And then they'd pull the, the panels away and the families would all be like posed in the, <laughs> yeah. the living room I scene.
2: forgot about
1: that. <laughs> I totally (laughs) forgot about that. You have to
2: freeze for a second. Oh, my God. So natural.
1: And I was the same way because we had so many people in our family that it was like, who would be um, like, I mean, obviously, I would be in it. And I'd probably be the last. I know. And then it's like, who would be the best person? Like, uh would my dad be would either of my brothers or would it just be like all the girls plus maybe my dad? Yeah, there was <laughs> slotting in and out, drafting all of your members.
0: There is strategy on that. Like if it yes. was, you know, your father and then four women there, there is a, um, I don't know, like a vibe
2: to that. Yes,
0: yes. Mm-hmm. The patriarch and his ladies. <laughs> God,
2: trying it's... to like make dad blush or embarrass him or something. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like He's the five
0: siblings all together. Ooh, like yes. there's, there's
2: definitely some strategy you could employ in those
0: lineups.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: let's see. Uh, one that I don't know if other people will remember that I love Joker's Wild. And to this day, I don't know how Joker's Wild worked, except that it was a slots takeoff, and there was like a giant slot machine, and that you the handle was pulled, and then you'd yell Joker, Joker, Joker.
1: <laughs> I think it was a quiz show, but I loved it so much. Well, it sort of aligns with like, I mean, Card Sharks was. Not a quiz show. It was just a guessing game. I mean, it was like a educated guessing game, I guess. But it's sort of the same idea where you're just like higher or lower. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So I was looking on Wikipedia before we started. I was like, what was the Joker's wild about? Why did I love it so much? Uh, and it says contestants answer c- questions based on categories determined randomly by a mechanism resembling a slot machine. So Ooh. I guess you, the category was determined by pulling the lever and seeing what you got. But then, oh. interestingly, there are a couple of things. <laughs> Alan Thick wrote the theme music, which Ooh, surprises us uh, not a lot. And it said it has aired in different times between 1972 and 2019. And wow. I was like, excuse what? me? <laughs> uh, the series returned in 2017 on TBS with... Wait for it. Snoop Dogg as <laughs> oh, host. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: he is also co executive producer with Michael Strahan.
1: Wow. Sure. It's on TV. Okay. All uh-huh. right. Okay. Yeah, one
0: of the production companies is uh, Snoop Adelic Films. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> I can figure out whose production company that is.
1: Oh, that's really good. Well, good for him. Yeah. Recognizing, you know, what America likes. Joker's Wild.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the original run was like 14 years, maybe. Yeah. It says to 1986. So I would have been nine when that yeah. went off the air. So that makes sense that I didn't really understand the gambling aspect of it, yes. I guess. Yeah. You, kind of, you know what a slot machine is, but I don't really think that I connected it with gambling and all no. of that stuff. No, yeah. I, I don't think there was betting or anything. I don't know, but... So that's something that sticks in my mind for one reason or another. And then I will say before we go on, uh, my very favorite game show of all time was Classic Concentration. It's a good one. Hosted mm-hmm. by Alex Trebek, Aww. the dawn of game shows. Yeah. And that was a combination of uh, memory and those um, what are we, wuzzles, those word. Picture puzzles, yeah, 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 to solve. Yeah. So it was like a game of memory where you know it's a it's a numbered board, and so you get to pick two tiles, like number square number two and number fourteen, and you turn them over, and they would have prizes on the back. And if the prizes matched, then you got to keep that pair. And those squares, you could see the picture exposed underneath those squares. And so <sighs> the whole point was to match as many squares as possible and get those prizes. And then whoever solve the puzzle whatever you know it was oh say can you see by the dawn's early light or something all spelled out pictographs (laughs) then you would win all the prizes and then the winner in the final round would go do their own another board that would there was not there was no other contestant it was just you and you got to do the same memory thing but underneath the tiles were different cars so you wanted to like match this subaru forester with the subaru forester or whatever and oh, it was
2: pressure t- yeah, i know <laughs> it, was it was giving a, it me was like timed. anxiety thinking it was about timed it.
0: like 40 seconds yeah. or whatever you had to do this whole thing and then if you got the whole board cleared the last pair you made was the car you won
2: Ugh.
0: and if you Ugh. didn't solve it if the time ran out then they would add five seconds onto the next Ugh. show so you could benefit from the people before you sucking at it. And then as soon as somebody won the card, they would set it back to like 30 seconds to solve the whole thing on the next set of shows. But I loved it so much because I was always really good at those memory matching games. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, and you know, Alex Trebek doing his Alex Trebek yeah, he He's just a good host. Yeah, it was a really fun show. I don't know if he was doing it at the same time as he was doing The Price Is Right. I wonder if they must have overlapped because The Price Is Right has been on
1: for a thousand years, right? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I I like remember it being on, but like it's not. But I would have loved it because I did love those little pictograph things. I always thought I was good at them. I don't know if I actually was or if people let me win or something. But um, that I feel like that's something that could come back. Okay, it looks like there's been a bunch of uh,
0: variations on Concentration was what it was originally called, hosted by Ed McMahon in 1969. Good God. But the remake of Classic Concentration, hosted by Alex Trebek, ran from nineteen eighty seven to nineteen ninety one. So not very long actually. And that was during his run on the prices right. Yeah. So
2: wait, you mean Jeopardy? Yes. I
1: was like Price yes, is Right now. Jeopardy. I was just
2: Googling like I didn't know he was on the Prices Right. Uh, I'm <laughs> having a little brain short circuit here. No, yes
1: it's okay. Um now that Kind of the not, rebus, that- that's what the puzzle is called, the yes, rebus. rebus. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to do rebuses weirdly like my freshman year in high school. She was like, "I'm going to teach you how to like construct these." Okay.
2: Um, well, I was great I- at those in in my living room and I remember <laughs> thinking like I would be so bad at this on the sh- like it'd be I'd be so nervous. So I, I tried not to judge those people too much.
1: Well, I mean, We'll talk about it, Meredith, when you, like, the, uh, with the recent, like, Wheel of Fortune kind of um, skirpuffles that have been going on lately, Dave was like, there have been so many errors lately on Wheel of Fortune, and I'm like, I wonder if people are just so nervous or they are that dumb. I don't, I don't really know.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I, do you think that, um the cream of the crop of game show contestants is aiming for wheel of fortune. No,
1: no, no, they're going no. for jeopardy. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um, well, Meredith on that, do you want to talk about your childhood faves?
2: Yeah. Um, as mentioned, I really didn't get to, lo- to watch a lot of TV. So we had a rule where, um, we couldn't turn it on until dinner was done and everything was cleaned up and our homework was done. So all those things had to be, had to happen before we were allowed to turn the TV on. So my game show watching was mostly uh, restricted to sick days. Um, and of course it was usually prices right. And as soon as the soaps came on, I would, turn it off and take a nap and you're done you're done yeah oh i was i was not i know i just did not care at all no i didn't i didn't either i mean when i got
0: to be a grown-up i cared about soaps but (laughs) not when i was a kid i was just thinking this morning about um the price is right and how we never knew as kids that this was just advertising
2: oh oh yeah yeah well i was worried that like I don't know how much dish soap costs. Exactly. Like yeah. These sort of things gave me anxiety because I tried to put myself in their position, and I was like, um, Ajax, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like, I'm nine. $20. I don't know how much a
0: box of laundry detergent costs. Right. Or a Broy Hill dining set.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. so game shows like this always gave me a little bit of anxiety because I just didn't know... I didn't know this stuff. And, you know, there was the um, Supermarket Sweep. Yes. Was a fun one. I tried to watch it. It was on, I think it got put on Netflix recently. And it, it's, so bad. It, yeah. it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so 80s. So it's kind of worth watching just for that. But it's not a good show. And it's also just advertisements. It's like, this rice brand has a, f- a fun family <laughs> relation. <laughs> And it's like,
1: okay,
2: Uncle Ben... (laughs) You know, this is
1: not a game show, but you know what I really wanted... See, y'all didn't have cable that much, but, like, there was a... Kids, It wasn't a game. But you could win a sweepstakes where you got to like be a Nickelodeon where you got to run through a Toys R Us and do a, kind of a supermarket sweep oh, situation. I, I, I am yeah, 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 vaguely yeah. aware of that. Mm-hmm. I would mentally strategize like when I win. <laughs>
0: what this will is I what I'm going to
2: go for.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, what aisle do you go down? Not the stuffed animals, right? No, the American for, Girl
2: like, doll yeah. and the Barbie aisle. The Barbie Barbies. aisles. Yeah. yeah,
1: Barbies. They're small. You can just kind of. Arm, you know, go swoosh and put in your (laughs)
2: card. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had friends who had cable, and so some of these things I was tangentially aware of because of that. But like, yeah, we were not, (laughs) we were not watching this stuff um a lot when I was a kid. Um, guts though was something that I really loved. So I did like Double Dare, and I liked Guts. And my dad sometimes had cable, so we got to watch Double Dare there um guts was fun it was hosted by michael malley and that was the one that had the aggro crag remember the big mountain that they had to climb i don't remember this at all like really? michael malley
0: the actor comedian guy he yes Slater in glee
2: yes oh wow. wow
0: kurt's dad in glee yeah is the best role he ever had yeah, I, I never know, watched glee but sure. he was great in glee. he was really i never good. really liked michael malley that much but he was so good in glee he was
1: very good in that yeah
0: Great. Well, that
2: was one of my favorites as a kid game show. I loved those kind of physical challenge ones. And Wait, what then- what were the guts? Are we talking?
0: innards or are we talking courage
2: no it was courage it was like we had to do all these like scary things and and the last one was to climb this big mountain it was just like a foam (laughs) (laughs) facade of a mountain that was airbrushed i think (laughs) i don't remember the details of it but i did i watched guts any chance i got and then as far as like evening if if we got done with dinner in time so like wheel of fortune in the eastern time zone was on at like 7 p.m. Yeah. I think yeah and so it was 7 was wheel of fortune 7:30 was jeopardy and then it was prime time after that and so we were always psyched if we got to see it was usually like we'd catch the end of wheel of fortune <laughs> which was fine because it's kind of boring and oh, dumb
1: I hate wheel of
0: fortune. but then
2: jeopardy was like a big deal in my house because we all love to sit there and try to outdo each other by guessing you know getting the answers correct first of course um, so those were those were great and then um I eventually became aware. I I think I had a friend who had like satellite cable or something, like some really fancy cable. This is when it was like rare for for channels to go up above 100. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you're on like channel 850? That's <laughs> insane. And it like, so that just blew my mind, just the fact that there were so many channels. But then Game Show Network, just yep. the idea of it. Yep. And, and at that time, it was mostly like the classic stuff. So it was like uh-huh. newlywed game was one that really entranced. Like I was just <laughs> so confused and interested by this because it was like, the, it felt like the way distant past because it was, I don't even know when that was, the 60s, the 70s?
1: Well, and then it went on, yes. It started, like, in the 60s, because, like, Tom Selleck was on it, I think, or whatever. But then I remember it going on kind of into the 80s and 90s, maybe.
2: I believe it. And then there would always, like, try to... Ask them. No, that's the dating that- game
1: Tom Selick was on. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I wouldn't know the difference. But, like, they always tried to get them to say, say stuff about sex and, like, so that everybody could be like, ooh. Make it whoopee. Yes. <laughs> and then... Pyramid, whatever dollar yes. amount, because yes. I think it's up to a hundred thousand dollars now. Because who cares about a ten thousand
0: pyramid? <laughs> I know it's it's interesting because I'm looking. I because as I saw it on the show, I was like, "What were the different um, denominations?" So it was ten thousand dollars in 1973, twenty five thousand dollars in 1982, fifty thousand in 1981. Wait a minute! Oh, s- oh. syndicated weeknight syndicated. So there's daytime and and the big one. And hundred thousand dollar pyramid from nineteen eighty five on that's pretty good for nineteen eighty five. Totally.
1: Yeah. I loved I loved the pyramid. I really that was the one that I knew that I actually wouldn't be good at. Like I'm good at it at home. Like I'm like, yes, get the answer. But like when you're trying to guess what Betty White is trying to allude (laughs) to, you're like, I have no idea what you're saying. And it's also Betty White's job to be entertaining. Yes. Not
0: necessarily to, you know, give you the straightest path to victory.
1: Yes, exactly. God, I loved it. And it would always have like would have a Betty White but then it would just have like syndicated star you know people who are on there was a show called it's a living about like cocktail waitresses that was on WGN that I watched a lot like it was a sitcom and it would always be like the stars of that (laughs) world (laughs) <laughs> or the like, celebrity. They weren't busy.
2: <laughs> yes. Like I short. get confused sometimes between these real shows and the, the the parodies of them on SNL because they do that a lot, and especially the ones with Kristen Wiig were yes. so 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 good.
1: Ugh. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like. Unlike you guys, I was allowed to watch as much TV as I possibly wanted. (laughs) Um, So, yes, the $25,000 pyramid. I thought that there was something about Dick Clark's presence that I really liked. He was not excitable at all. Like, he was very relaxed, and it kind of comforted me in the very 80s set of it. It was just, like, very... Orange and brown. It always felt like you yeah. were in good hands with Dick yes, Clark. Like
0: he yes. talk about a pro. He knew what he was doing.
1: Yeah, he really did. He really did. Ugh, I loved him. Um I also love Press Your Luck, which is where the no whammies came from. I it must have been on like USA or something. I don't ever remember it being on any of the major like on ABC, CBS, or NBC. But um, my mom and I used to watch that, and that was, yeah, we would be like, no whammies, and they would win the most random prizes. It was all just luck. Um, yeah, I love Family Feud. I love, and and God, I'm still laughing about the, <laughs> the people frozen. <laughs> the family's frozen in time <laughs> when <laughs> the, the cross-stitch names there. <laughs> oh god um yeah i i did like double dare i like card sharks there was also i forgot when i was googling around about what game shows that you know like trying to like jog my memory a little bit i was like oh yeah win lose or draw i love that it was like you know pictionary but you know on and it was one of those like i this is a dying breed because you were saying that there's um Concentration is now hosted, but you know it's like J- by Snoop, <laughs> Snoop, or like there used to be hosts. You know, there used to be like proper hosts of things, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a dying breed. Almost like models, like models used to be a thing, and now it's just celebrities. And I feel like hosts really aren't a thing; they just have like celebrities doing, it. like Ellen or Jane. Um, what's her face Lynch. from Glee? Yeah, like Jane, Jane Lynch.
2: Lynch. I mean, I watched funny. that show a few times. It was, yeah, like yeah, it's fun. where's. Where's Chuck Woolery? Yeah, well,
1: Chuck <laughs> Woolery is like psycho, but he, yeah, but like, but yes, like, I, so I was thinking about like the guy that did Win, Lose or Draw was somebody who also did Hollywood Squares at some point, and he mm-hmm. was like a good-looking enough guy, but like probably wanted to be an actor, but just like it never happened. But so there was this Thanksgiving. Um, My sister came home from college or maybe she was like out of college and her best friend Judith came over and Judith for Thanksgiving and Judith brought her boyfriend over and Judith lived in Los Angeles and I thought she was very glamorous and was like, oh, let's meet Judith's new boyfriend and his guy named Mark. And I saw him and I was like, oh my gosh, you're the host of studs. There was this guy named Excuse Mark me? Mm-hmm. This guy named Mark DiCarlo, who was the host of Studs. Now, I would say studs is a um, you know, it's not like a game show, game show. I mean I guess it is. I don't know if they won prizes. Maybe they won a trip or something. But he had Thanksgiving in my house and I was like, <laughs> he's just one of those guys, just like a host. Like you know, I um, the guy that hosts Antiques Roadshow, like Mark Wahlberg, I think uh-huh. is actually his name. He's Excuse also me, one of Mark those L Wahlberg. Oh
2: Wahlberg, it's <laughs> different,
1: <laughs> different, very Mark different. Wahlberg. Probably the better one, honestly. Yeah, but yeah. Um, there used to be that category of a people that would just host shit, and I I loved it. I I thought it was great. So I was, oh. I was thinking about that with Winlos or Draw, and then finally I loved Remote Control, loved oh it. My, I really like, would oh have killed
0: God. it i forgot about that. I'm sorry, show. Hillary. I, yes. We have to go back for a minute. Yeah. Um. I went to Studs Game Show on Wikipedia. <laughs> and then you can click on Mark DiCarlo and get to his Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah. And there is a picture of him from <laughs>
1: 2021. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. Hold oh, on. Oh, Judith. Oh, Judith. Well, she's I doing hope she fine. I she didn't now. marry him. No, she did not. No, no, no. No, she did not. I was Yikes. sad when they broke up. Hold on. This guy. Studs. God studs. That was the most um early nineties game show. All right, here's a tidbit from the Wikipedia page.
0: Oh, no. Oh, I wonder if you're about to read what I was about to read. On a 1992 episode of Studs, DiCarlo hosted Ronald Goldman, at the time an (gasps) inspiring actor who became well-known two years later after being murdered along with Nicole Brown Simpson, who (laughs) became
1: well-known Wikipedia. (laughs) That's a real weird way of putting that.
2: Okay. I was going to note that he did the voice for Jimmy Neutron's dad, <laughs> Hugh Neutron. <laughs> um, <laughs> also,
1: I forgot about this because my mom asked him about it. Early in his career, DiCarlo was a contestant on the Sale of the Century, winning $115,257 in cash and prizes.
0: Whoa. Wow.
1: <laughs> and he was on Tic Tac Doe. I forgot about that one. Well. <sighs> What a brush with fame. He appeared on anxiety. the game.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Worlds are colliding. He appeared on the game show Street Smarts in 2002 playing against Mark L. Wahlberg. What? The crossover of a century. <laughs> the time streams are collapsing.
2: <laughs> I need to note before before we get like 100 emails about what a whammy is. I looked it up and it's from Press Your Luck. Yes. And they roll a, they spin a thing, yes. yeah. And a whammy is where they lose all their loot. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you're like, no whammy, no, no whammy. Stop. You don't want so that. it's like Wheel yeah, you, of Fortune. It's yes. bankrupt. Bank- bankrupt. Yeah. Yes. Or skip turn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. God. All right. Well, I love that show. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Please. I'm sorry. I
0: really derailed that. Please continue.
2: No, no, no it was, was
1: worth good. it. Um, no. And finally, the one that just really stuck out was remote control, which was on MTV. And it was a very like early, late eighties, early nineties MTV. Like I was such an MTV kid that like, you know, identifying a Madonna video or whatever. I was like, I got this in the bag. And it, it's so crazy. Cause they had like little guest characters that would come on and do like skits or act as characters and like it was I mean not that I really care about yeah, Adam Sandler but Adam Sandler Colin Quinn Dennis Leary there were all these people that oh, yeah. would that Something's would come on tingling in my brain yeah, about they, this like all of the contestants hmm. I feel like sat in like Lazy Boys or like um, recliner kind of big old recliner chairs oh, I love it was yeah. It was just like a pop culture thing. It was like an early pop culture uh, kind of. <laughs> that deal. sounds like your lane. Oh, weird, yeah. weird that I would you have loved, loved it. pop culture <laughs> quiz show. Strange. Um, and then I just have to say, all of my life, I have hated Wheel of Fortune. Like it met <laughs> I like my parents watched it, and ours in Central, it was on six, and then Jeopardy was on at six thirty, and I'd be like excited for Jeopardy. Um, much like you, but, and but we would always have to watch Wheel of Fortune, and I hated it. But I, but actually, the one thing funny thing I think about with Wheel of Fortune is I don't know if y'all remember, but back like way, way back in the early days, like this is early '80s, mid '80s, they would instead of doing how they do it now, where you, they have like the prize package at the end, you would make money, and then they would have like a floating head situation where they would have your head, and you'd be looking at basically like. A broil set or like some antique or something and, they, and you would like buy it with the money that you've earned or you oh. would save it until the end. It was very weird, but I always hmm. hated it. Hmm. And I don't know why it gave me mama's feeling, mama's family feelings where I'm just like, I don't, this is stupid. I don't like this. This is just a <laughs> stupid show. Uh, people on Wheel of Fortune, the contestants, are always
0: so excited. <laughs> people on <laughs> <in laughs> Jeopardy at least try to kind of play it cool a little yes. bit.
1: Yes, Exactly. <laughs> I love Jeopardy. I still love Jeopardy. I don't watch it as much anymore, but I still love it. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. All right. That's our childhoods. I, I mean, I really probably could go on in the ones that I watch. But as far as adulthood goes, Anne, what did you get into?
0: Well, it's kind of interesting. I did put Jeopardy in the adult category where you guys both put it in the kid category because I don't feel like that's really a, a child. friendly show necessarily because it's actually a kind of a hard show yeah you know it's a hard game show i always did really well until final jeopardy and final jeopardy is too hard let let me tell you that's you know that's where i would stumble
1: i feel like final jeopardy is either too hard or too easy like there's never really like a middle sometimes Mm -hmm. you're like okay Mm -hmm. if it's a pop culture one they're like sometimes we'll go a little bit because they think that these nerds won't be able to get it. But uh, but yeah, most of the time it's way too hard.
0: Um, The thing that I always remember that endears Jeopardy me so so much, I can't even talk, I'm getting so excited. (laughs) And Hillary, you referenced this, this is before we started the show? I don't remember, but you referenced (laughs) Cheers. There was that episode of Cheers where Cliffy got on Jeopardy! And the double Jeopardy round was like... um, the U.S. Postal Service, (laughs) beer, um, stupid facts, you know, mother-son relationships (laughs) (laughs) that were so in his wheelhouse. One of the all-time great cameos (laughs) by a game show in a a TV uh, series was on Cheers. I love that uh, scene so much. Um, But I don't watch Jeopardy! I don't think I ever was a huge Jeopardy watcher, so I guess it just goes on there because you have to, yeah. have Jeopardy. If
1: you're no. sort of like interested in trivia, I feel like yep. Jeopardy has yep. to. Yep. You be have to, it. you i know, yeah. have watched
0: Jeopardy. In college, I watched a fair amount of Win Ben Stein's Money,
1: yeah, which is definitely like
2: a mid to late '90s mood, oh
0: right?
2: Yes. Uh, Meredith, was it still on when you got to be? Yes, I was aware of that one before yeah. I realized that Ben Stein was a horrible monster. Oh yeah, before we <laughs> knew that he was a like right wing yeah troll yeah
0: yeah. Um, I I liked that show. I like a prickly. I, he wasn't a host because Jimmy Kimmel was the. He was like a personality. Jimmy Kimmel was like the sidekick and question asker, but Ben Stein was a contestant, not the host. So I don't know. Maybe I like it because it subverted the formula a little bit and that people were directly competing against this one person. But I don't know. It was a very like Gen X, MTV sensibility, kind of a little disaffected. Well, it was Um, his
2: whole persona. Like he was the same person. Person in every role that he did, like it's the very Ferris Bueller, yeah. yeah, yeah. The clear eyes commercials, he was the same person in that,
0: yeah. And I'm sure if I went back and watched it again now, I'd be like, ugh. But yeah. like, there, I also have always been so disappointed in Jimmy Kimmel because I thought he was great on that show, and then he went on to do the Man Show. Oh, without I was just thinking about that, and they were like, we're you know subverting the sexist stereotypes by having girls with big boobs jump on trampoline and i'm like are you supporting it or are you using that as an excuse just to have mostly naked chicks jumping on trampoline yeah the latter i think i've never really quite forgiven him
1: i know he's made some strides like i you know i can enjoy him on occasion and i like that he employs um what's his face from keep it um 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 not Ira. Not Lewis. Lewis. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, I who, another contestant from Jeopardy, but I, like, enjoy that he does that. But yeah, that's always kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. But yeah, it's just a I, I gross. think that
0: he's matured a lot since yes. those 90s and TV yeah. days. But I still, I don't forget about that. <laughs> I don't forget and I don't forgive. Um, then I was thinking about that um, that time where game shows really seem to be a thing in prime time. And I guess they always have, but there seemed to be in, in the aughts, maybe. It seemed like things were really uh, ramping up with mm-hmm. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yes. And I don't want to talk about Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, other than the fact that I hated Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, because it was paced so slowly that's why you like jeopardy because it's half an hour yeah and they have like 50 questions or something and who wants to be a millionaire they would drag out like five questions for an entire Mm -hmm. hour and it would all be like is that your final answer are you sure sure you want to talk us through
1: that i'm like oh my god i'm so bored well in the very beginning of who wants to be the who wants to be a millionaire i had like come back from, I'd Come back from study abroad, but we were done. We were like, but they had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in England, so I'd seen it there first. And then I came home in like November. We came home early from the semester, and you're I'm at home for like two and a half months or something, and that's when it was really gearing up. And it was so exciting then because it was new and it was event no, television. It was just thrilling. I remember us all gathering around, and then you kind of get into the rhythm of it, and you're like, oh my god, do we really have to start with the $100 questions or whatever it's like what color is my tie or whatever you know something so <laughs> let's stupid let's discuss it for 15 minutes <laughs> no and it's like read. come on man we'll like... be back after this commercial
0: break <laughs> we'll show we'll you find what out. happened
2: five minutes ago <laughs> No, Ugh.
0: I did not like that but who wants to be a millionaire really seemed to kick off a slate of things that I do remember like the weakest link yes. it's a scary lady a mm-hmm. scary yes. British lady <laughs> yes which I liked for a brief moment in time. But then I was thinking, deal or no deal? Like, whatever happened to deal or no deal? Remember how big that it was? It was such
1: a big deal. Mm-hmm. Meghan
0: Markle was one of the
1: Megan Meghan all- Markle <laughs> was a briefcase <read> lady. <laughs> uh, but she, yeah, that was such a big deal. But I recently was it when i was getting my oil changed or something and it was just on at the oil change place and i'm just like watching it first of all i'm extremely stressed out the entire time and i'm like take the deal (laughs) take the deal like it's a hundred thousand dollars but like it kind of also starts off slow because they have to go through so many of the briefcases that you're like okay can we just like wrap it up and get to the like final five or whatever?" and and there is a certain amount of are you sure you want to swap this briefcase? <laughs> right. Are you sure? Are you sure?
0: But it's not as bad as Millionaire. No, so no, no. I did kind of like the drama
1: in that premise. And Howie Mandel did a good job. He did. Howie Mandel was a good, he was a good, you know, it's so funny. Howie Mandel and the guy that was the Double Dare host both suffer from like OCD. Like they don't like to shake hands yeah. or like they don't like mess. And I'm like, you got into game shows? <laughs> And now talent
0: competitions. Like, presumably, he has to interact with all those – what's the one that he does? Um, The XXX – Yeah. X Factor. Oh, yeah. X Factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, I got there in the end. (laughs) XXX. It it seems like there there was a point in time where we transitioned a bit from – from primetime game shows to talent competitions.
1: Yes. Yeah. It was
0: sort of went from one to the other. And I would say now that we have 89,000 million hours of television programming to fill, now you just have everything. So that's how you get Snoop Dogg redoing (laughs) the Joker's (laughs) wild on TBS. (laughs) But uh, I can't keep track of the adult, primetime uh game shows anymore because they seem to come and go in the summer so much and i don't watch tv
1: yeah i know more so who is watching this stuff i don't know and like there's i don't know that many people who have actual cable anymore so there is stuff that is on abc cbs nbc or whatever tbs and i don't most of my friends don't have those channels anymore so, I, yeah, I don't know who's watching yeah. it. Except, like, I, I mean,
0: the point that you make about it's event television and everybody gathers together and watches it. I'm trying to think, what was the last game show to do that? And I think it may have been in that time period. You know, the only yeah. thing that I hear people talking about is the fucking masked singer.
1: Oh, right. gee, oh, I mean, I guess that see it's not really a game show because I don't it's, know if they win any yeah, money. Yeah, it's
0: not a game show. It's not a talent show. It's a shtick yeah. It's spectacle is yeah. what it is. But that's the only thing that, you know, I see on my Facebook page or whatever, people talking about that
1: show. I mean, back in the day, I mean, this was also in this time period. I mean, I guess it was sort of, you know, American Idol or something, but that's, yep. I mean, it's still on, but I don't really know anybody who's watching the Katy Perry version
2: Mm-mm.
1: of of American Idol. I don't even know if she's a good judge. Ugh. Is after she? they had
0: Ellen, I don't know. After they had yeah. Ellen on for that one season, oh god, that I was awful. really wasn't a regular Idol watcher anyway. But Ooh. Ellen just had no business being a judge on that show. If you are going to be a judge, you have to judge people.
1: Yes, yes, you Ugh. can't
0: be everybody's friend. No, <laughs> God, judge.
1: I I really didn't watch it that much because it stresses me out when people sing live when I'm not sure if they're going to be good singers or not. Mm-hmm. Like I'm it. it gives me like bad feelings the only season that I kind of consistently watch I mean I watched a little bit of the end of the Kelly Clarkson series because that really was like I mean, it was the first season and it was such like event television everybody was watching it and I was like well I have to see what's going on but I really kind of watched the Adam Lambert season because I was like very curious about it everybody was talking about like oh you know it's so rebellious or whatever some silly thing and that was kind of mm-hmm. fun but otherwise I don't know kind of wasn't my jam, but I guess that's sort of, yeah, like that's sort of the game shows of now are talent shows, I guess. Boy, it's,
0: I don't know, that, that seems so cheap, like at least in game shows, you had somebody every week who would win the dinette set. (laughs) (laughs) For American Idol, you get one per, well, I suppose some of them went on to have careers, but I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really work. No. For me as a game show or a competition show or a talent show
1: and it's more long
0: form so you don't just get like episode per episode it's like yeah. a season-long storyline yeah. it's not as disposable as a good game yes. show as a good game show is like a drift in time it doesn't matter yeah what yeah. episode you
1: see when you see it it's
0: like a cop not cop procedural <laughs> in that way
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um Meredith, what ones did you watch in your adulthood?
2: Adulthood, I guess. Um so Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. Was Does something that count? That... I mean I, I love know. Whose Line Is It Anyway. What is Does it? Is it count
0: as a game show? It's like an improv show, but yeah. is there prizes? But there are points, but they're all made up and they don't count. They're... That's the tagline, yeah. But... I mean
2: I'll I'll allow it because I think it's an inspired choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of the only one that of these that I really genuinely enjoyed. Yeah, a, like a I would lot. go go
0: back and watch those. Like sometimes I find the compilations on YouTube of the best newscast game, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah and I, I, I started
2: out watching the British one, and of course... Mm. It's better than the American one, but I will watch the yeah. American one. Oh, yeah. excuse me, you will not diss Wayne Brady that way. No, or Colin no, no, no. Mockery. Or Ryan Stiles. <laughs> no, but they're also good well, and half of those people are on the British one as well. <laughs> <laughs> um so that was great. Um Total Wipeout is something that we still watch now when we need like something we can two screen and because it's funny it's just watching people fall into water yeah
0: see that's your um logical extension from watching guts right yes very much
2: yeah it's an obstacle course show that's all it is um and the 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 host is a dork and the jokes are dumb Mm -hmm. um those red balls are um cruel
0: they're They're too bouncy it's
2: the best part of the show no they never skip. Chance. They skip over the, 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 the uh, boxing gloves, you know, punching out of the wall at you as you try to scale the wall. They skip over that one a lot, but they never, ever skip the big red balls. Well,
0: <laughs> because watching boxing- people
2: bounce over them and fall in the water <laughs> it's is funny. funny, but the boxing gloves one, that's head trauma. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. It's not fun. And then they fall into this disgusting mud almost <laughs> every single time, and it's gross. Um, Cash Cab. Does that count? Yeah, that's okay. Oh, yeah. Right? I think so, yeah. Um, I when that first came out, I thought it was real. <laughs> um, is it
1: not real? No, it's
2: <laughs> not a person who randomly gets into a cab. I was like, oh my gosh! If I'm ever in New York again, I need to know if this <laughs> might happen to me. Like, I was worried about that. Um, uh, it's not. It's staged, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but it's still entertaining. I, I yeah. wish I didn't know that it was staged. Yeah. Um and then finally Flora's lava um is something that we watched as recently as a couple of years ago.
0: Is there anything beyond the three words in the title as far as that
2: premise goes? It's just Flora's lava? It's an obstacle course where if you fall in the quote unquote lava, you just fall into red water and you don't actually burn to death. <laughs> it's kind of a disappointment
1: i'm burning
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's just dumb idiots uh from la who are like i'm hot and i'm wearing a bikini and i'm gonna people trying to get on tv Yeah. yeah 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 and they just jump from like one slippery surface to another and most of the time they just fall in the water well that's kind of fun yeah um I,
1: as far as adulthood, like if I'm thinking I turned 18 and this is what I watch. Meredith, I'm similar to you Is I had a friend who had satellite because I guess that's what Game Show Network was on. Like it wasn't on regular cable. I was just on, it was just on, you know, satellite. And I, we would get stoned at her house. I would sleep on the couch and she would go up to her room and I would watch (laughs) Game Show Network
2: for a really long
1: time. (laughs) It's the only way to do it. You know, and that's when I found my love of those like it was like Nick at night, but for game shows, and I was like, oh my gosh, and yeah. I have referenced it before, but What's My Line was my favorite. I watched a clip today when Eleanor Roosevelt was on. I was showing it to people at work. They were like, wait, Eleanor Roosevelt was on a game show? And I'm like, indeed she was, <laughs> and I will show it to you.
0: Because
2: that's what people watched. So yeah, if you're yeah. a politician
1: trying to get your image out there, yeah. you go on laughing
0: or we're, whatever. Yes. Bill
2: Clinton playing the saxophone. <laughs> <on> the <TV. laughs>
1: um, yeah, What's My Line? I loved Match Game. They also did the sort of of like sexual innuendo. And I I just loved like there was just this culture of you know, it wasn't the bottom of the barrel, people yeah, no, I mean sometimes it was like kind of crass celebrities or whatever, but a lot of times it was like playwrights, and they just, this was, again, the monoculture, and they would go on these Perler game shows, but like, and
2: Gore Vidal, yes, and or, everybody yes, knew who they were. Everybody,
1: everybody <laughs> knew who Charles Nelson <laughs> Riley was, everybody mm-hmm. knew who Paul Lind was, it was like, these are the, you know, like gay men of my time, but I didn't really maybe knew that no they were gay, but like, they were very, seemed very cultured and sort of a, I don't know, cool and... I don't know. I, I just loved all of those games. I I want them to be as ground. Like, I don't want the new versions. I want the, like, Match Game 72 or the What's My Line mm. from 1953. I don't want the newer versions of it. I want it to be, I want there to be, and What's My Line? I want it to be sponsored by a cigarette. That is my ideal time. <laughs> the one we watched today was sponsored by, like, Remington shavers or something and I was and again like you said all of these really were used I mean television just in general but it was just to advertise like it was used to advertise stuff and they would sponsor things and that's how it would happen they kind of subtly got it through to us but or not so subtly I guess but I love those were the game shows that I watched as a kid as an adult and I did watch who wants to be a millionaire until yeah like it got a little too repetitive and I just couldn't kind of deal with it I mean R I P reach, but yeah, it was it, it and you know when something goes to daytime when it's syndicated, you yep. know, five days a week, you're like, This is done. Yep. This is I yep. think it's still on though. I think it is still on. I I, I can't I, I, I can't remember, but I feel like I've seen it kind of recently. Um anyway, those were my adults and as far as now, I mean and you said not really, right? I just I just don't. I don't know. It
0: seems like of modern game shows, they don't seem to have very much substance to them, as far as I can tell. They seem to be a lot about a spectacle, but not a lot of substance. And you know me, I am a woman of substance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: you are.
0: (laughs) I just, I don't really love watching people make an ass of themselves. So I I don't think I've really watched anything in the last 15 years, probably.
1: I, yeah,
2: I know. I'm trying to think. Meredith, you have Taskmaster up. Wait, tell me what that is. So this is – I put this on the list because I ha- haven't actually watched it yet. Um, but I don't want to forget because it was recommended to me very highly when we were uh, in Dayton at this wedding reception we went to a couple weekends ago and this is a british comedy game so it's comedians and they are given like insane challenges that they have to do and it sounds great and i think there is an american version as well that's probably not as good as the british version um but it's on youtube and so i think it's probably safe to recommend it even though i haven't actually watched it yet yeah interesting
0: saying that all american versions are not as good as the british are you yes yes the great american baking show hosted by jeff boxworthy (laughs) i sure am
2: i mean believe it or not yes i am i'll come out uh as as a platform position yes i think that's probably a pretty safe position to (laughs) take
0: think so i i think our sensibilities are so different brits and americans know. that you know you just can't
2: make it translate <laughs> i right. know but as i mentioned i mean like we still watch we watch total wipeout we used to watch Floor's lava very recently like those are the ones that we're still kind of currently watching but as far as like new is shows i think taskmaster started in 2015 um so it just didn't exist then but it's something that i think uh, we would enjoy, and probably our listen listeners would enjoy. So, if you guys have watched it, let me know what you think because I I need to collect more recommendations to justify my decision to watch it. <laughs>
0: We're looking for a critical body of evidence. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Um, I um,
1: yeah, I don't really watch game shows like in the way that I used to before. I mean, Rory watched the Lego Master or whatever one, well, that which could is be cool. Yeah, and it's I i think dave really liked it um i mean like i've watched nailed it i don't
2: know if that's a oh
3: i feel like competition
2: shows are ad- i mean because i yeah when i was mm-hmm. thinking about this i was like is great british beg off a game show like it's not a game show no mm-hmm. it's a competition show and mm-hmm. like we watched fortune fire as our sleepy show for a while and that was a good one but it's not a game show it's a competition show So it's so funny
1: because um, there really are like laws that regulate game shows, like how they have to like give out turns and how they award the prizes. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of laws. I mean, God, don't you remember learning that people I remember like my heart breaking when you learned that people had to pay taxes on Mm, prize taxes. Yes.
2: And it's like onerous like oh, for is. like those extreme home makeover shows that, yes. that they can actually ruin people's lives like they <laughs> lose their dream house because they can't afford the taxes <laughs> such uh, a bummer
1: yeah yeah so i don't know yeah I, I don't i don't watch it if there was a good non-jeopardy kind of quiz show i would totally get into it but i haven't seen one in a while maybe we should do one maybe it should be like Tishy productions Oh, that has <laughs> kind of a ring to it. I know, I like it. Um, any other ones that we want to mention? I think we. I
0: you can't. I can't start thinking about this even more. We'll be here <laughs> yeah, for another hour.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. All right. So with that question of the week, what is your favorite game show? I guess present if you are any, but past as well. We'd love to hear. Them. Yeah,
2: we'll get some good recommendations this way. Yeah, too, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to Tishy recommends,
0: <laughs> guys.
2: Phil's back. Phil's
0: back.
2: Yay. Our jambo definitely veered into Phil. (laughs)
1: Somebody feed Phil. I love the song. I never skip over it. I'm like, no. Never.
0: I haven't
2: finished this season,
1: but
0: I have definitely
2: started it. It's so good. Somebody
0: feed Phil is back on Netflix. Yay. The loveliest, warmest (laughs) dorkiest, Mm -hmm. gangliest guy. Best dancer. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I I think I pinpointed what makes him such a funny dancer is that his arms are so gangly and they just, they flap around and then he kind of prances a little bit. Yeah,
2: he's a wacky (laughs) inflatable arm flailing man. He he
0: really is but he, we have talked about Phil Rosenthal at Uh, length. Yes. He has more money than God Uh, because if you don't know, he created Everybody loves Raymond. And so he's got that Raymond money to be able to do exactly what he wants to do. And it turns out what he wants to do is travel the world mm-hmm. and try all the different food cultures. And I I think when the show started, even if you want to go back to the um, PBS show, which was I'll have what Phil's having, it was really exclusively focused on food. And now they do a little bit more um of non-food things, yeah, just yeah. but but the focus is still the food is yeah. the the centerpiece. Yeah. And one of the lovely things about him is that he is equally as excited about a three-star Michelin restaurant and like a hot dog cart mm-hmm.
2: right. that yeah. makes
0: really good hot dogs. Like he is such a food enthusiast, and he's not snobbish about it. Nope. He's an appreciator of cuisine. <laughs>
2: and people i mean he's yes. so sweet with everybody and he has so like a great kind. family and he knows a million people everywhere yep. so he's always like oh my friends were in portugal and i just <laughs> ran into them and we had dinner it's like how do you do that yeah he constantly
0: reminds you when you watch that food is the connector of yeah. people that's what brings us together and creates fellowship and he's just so lovely in yeah. his dad uh, new balances and black socks, <laughs> yeah, and <his> polo t shirts.
1: <laughs> Listen though, by the end of a season, I'm like, am I attracted to Phil because I love him so much that I like think I like turn into like he's not that bad looking, like he's got a cute. I, and, I like are my loins tingling?
0: <laughs> no, would I want to be married to him? Probably. <laughs> Probably yeah, yeah. Why? It seems that? like
1: a nice life.
0: He is a this, nice
2: person. Yeah. yeah. He used to do this adorable segment where he got his dad on Zoom or whatever oh, and yeah. did jokes, and his dad was really funny. And it his dad passed away, but now he has like he calls up his son and has his son tell a joke or some yeah. other member of his family. Judy or Gold, a really good friend. yeah, <laughs> she's kind of <laughs> annoying. She's something else. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Reiser. But it's so sweet. Just it's I love that he sweet. continued that that tradition of yeah, mm-hmm. the show.
0: Yeah. And the fact that his brother Richard is the one of the executive <laughs> producers and yes. they have such a brother relationship. I mean, you really see The origin of where the Ray Romano uh, and uh, what was uh, the brother's name on that? I don't remember. But anyway, where that brother relationship on Everybody Loves Raymond came from Mm -hmm. is clearly from their relationship because Richard is clearly the golden child in the family. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yep. god brad garrett is and he tells one of the jokes in the season and um it also exposed the talk that brad garrett who is like uh, i did some research is like 60 something good god he he is his wife is not Uh, 60 something she comes into the picture and she's not 60 let's just say Hmm. that
0: well good for him (laughs) i guess guess so i hope they're happy and that they have something to talk about (laughs) she looks like she's 12 yeah yes
1: (laughs) um and no it's wonderful and I'm very happy it's back and it is another show that I really do think I feel like I could just kind of put it on even yep, if I've absolutely. seen an episode and you're like oh this is lovely love
0: and it. it tickles me that they went to Portland Oregon and <laughs> I know, Portland Maine they... <laughs> I know. I'm know. i like that's perfect it's perfect yes, it
1: is to contrast was, the Portland's I was thinking because this this um season they well they do travel internationally I mean there's mm-hmm. I think there's five episodes but you know, I think it was probably limited to a certain degree where yeah. they could travel and not like how, ha- cause it, I feel like mostly they would do like one American one and then, you know, the rest are yeah. international like four this, international. Yeah. yeah. But this one, it seems like it was kind of limited, but obviously COVID yeah. which, which actually they, I kind of like that. They, you see people wearing masks. It's not like it doesn't exist, but it's not something they super talk about. And sometimes Mm-mm. I'm like, good, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I feel like we've mm-hmm. all talked about it yep. so much. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's, yeah, let's not make a big fucking deal yes. about COVID. Let's Enough. just let's
0: just do, keep going. Let's just do it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I recommend that people run, don't walk, to watch Phil Somebody Feed Phil on yeah. Netflix. If yeah. you haven't watched it, Thus far, I am so excited for you because yeah. that means you have the entire series to watch. Uh, now, this other recommendation <laughs> Hillary, are you recommending a movie from
1: 1994? I am. What a shocker! <laughs> this is a surprise. It's a movie quiz show, uh, which I just, like, I haven't actually watched it in a while, but I keep thinking, oh, I want to watch it. And I will admit that, like, it's not one of those, at least as of a couple weeks ago, it was not like, oh, it's on Netflix or it's on something easily streamable, but I'm sure you can rent it on Amazon. But quiz show is a, I think, a really good movie um, directed by Robert Redford starring Ray Fiennes uh, about. And excuse me, Rob Morrow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rob Morrow. Yes. I did
0: truly believe I wanted to marry for a while, despite (laughs) the fact that he's probably five inches shorter than me. (laughs) Probably.
1: Um, and it's about like the quiz show scandal of 1950s or whatever. Mid fifties. Um, I, I it's a really good, it's a really well done movie. It was nominated for best picture, um, and I just, I, I mean, and not I, as good as the Pelican Brief, obviously. I mean, what but is obviously, so. there's nothing. Quiz is <laughs> one of those movies, though, that I think the first time I saw it, I thought it was kind of boring, and then now I'm like, oh no, it's kind of interesting. There's, all, I don't know, it just deals with society in the 50s and, and all these rules that happened after that about game shows that they had to make really standardized rules that they ha- and laws that I- it goes by
2: anyway it's a good movie i recommend it in yeah, conjunction with our show i concur yeah okay i think that means it's time to get involved our website is this show has please visit our facebook group um that is where you can answer our question of the week and post whatever you want it's fun it's not a dumpster fire we love it our show Twitter is at Show. Sometimes somebody updates it, maybe. <laughs> um, our email is tcshow at gmail.com. That's also where you can send us a voice memo. Just record it on your phone and email it to us. We love those. Thank you, Ted. Um, and you can fax Bobby your butt at 617-354-8513. Uh, thank you for joining us today. And that was everything about game shows. Do it, Rockapella! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah! Well, she sneaks around the world from U. to Carolina. She's a sticky fingered filcher from Berlin down to Belize.
1: She'll take you for a ride on a slow boat to China. Tell me
0: where in the world
1: is Carmen San Diego?
0: Steal their soul in South Korea. Make it that comes right up from the red season freelance feel me, string in the blues.
1: Well they never
0: Arkansas, her steal. I mean come from the jungle, tell me
1: Where in the world is
0: Carmen San Diego? She goes on Nashville to Norway and
1: choosing
0: my way she can go to Jack or
1: and back. Well, she'll ransack Ooh, Pakistan, Pakistan and run a scan Ooh, in Scandinavia. Then she'll stick them up Ooh, down under her
0: ring of pocket. further. She was the missing Ooh, misdemeanor Ooh, when she stole the beans Ooh, from Lima. Tell me Ooh, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Oh, tell me where in the world oh, tell me where can't she be? Ooh, that's wider, too tight in Milan, be to Dancer, Germany, She glides around the globe, makes you flip them every nation. She's a double-dealing people with a taste for thievery. Her itinerary's loaded up with moving violations. Tell me: Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego Where in the world is Carmen San Diego Where in the world is Carmen
3: San Diego? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego
0: Where in the world is Carmen San Diego
1: This was a Mark Goodson television production.